Welcome, friends, to Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter. We bring you the latest and greatest female voices in the industry, from artists and songwriters to producers and managers and all women in between. Welcome and hello, friends. We're Crazy Women Country, and this is Donna. And I'm Paula, and today we have the amazing Nikki Breyer with us. Hi. Hello. All the way from New Jersey. Howdy. (laughs) All the way from New Jersey. So tell us, (laughs) how have things been for you? What's what's been happening since quarantine and what's new? Oh, well, uh, since quarantine, I had put out uh, a a new single, which is actually my eighth radio single um, in 11 years. So um, I, I, I was excited to actually kind of have that downtime to have like that quietness and actually write and, and, and produce and work on stuff. Uh, because when you're on the road a lot and, and we do about 300 shows a year, like it, it's really hard to schedule songwriting sessions, but it was kind of nice to have obviously more than enough time on my hands that uh, I didn't really have to schedule anything. I could just kind of do it. I just come into the, my studio and, and just kind of uh, work and, and hash out some new music. Um, and then, so that, that was back in April, May that I started working on the new EP forever young. And the first song off of there was not supposed to be the song that I actually released. It was supposed to be forever young, the title track. But I was also in the process of going back and forth, and that's been for like the last couple of years, of uh, writing a song for my two sons. I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old. And then I found out I was pregnant with my third son right now. <laughs> so thank you. So that's what I've been doing during quarantine too. And uh, <laughs> so I basically had it in me that I, I need to write a song um, about my experience as a new mom and not in like that kind of cliche, like, you know, motherhood is amazing. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's all love. And like, I mean, it's fun and it is amazing, but good Lord with two boys and a third coming and it's just, it's chaos. So I wanted to write a song that really captured um, the real essence. I wrote it at three o'clock in the morning and I think I finished it. um, I think I finished it about five in the morning. And um, because I have to only do anything when they're sleeping. And that's the only time I get any kind of work or anything done. So um, I wrote it straight through and I was really happy with the way it came out. Um, and it's funny because it, it really, it was a work in progress for like two years. And then it just came to me. And I have done a series of concerts with Rodney Atkins. And I, I wanted to do something similar to his uh, father and son, like Buckaroo. Um, I'm looking up at you song. And it's really like, it's really fun. And 
um, like uplifting and it shows the nice relationship between a father and a son, you know? So I wanted to kind of capture it in that way, in a fun way, not in a very serious way. Um, so I was really happy with the way it came out and I was not going to put it out until later in like the fall, maybe even in the winter. But when I started sharing it with fans and doing virtual stuff, uh, it was kind of like it kept getting such really good feedback that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put that song out first before I you know, put the other songs out from the new EP. So, um, so it's been, it's been, uh, it's been quite an adventure. I started performing again in June, which is, which is nice. Um, I've missed my band and everything, you know, fans and stuff, but I, I think it's been really cool and really important to even continue doing all the virtual stuff because I mean, we're really limited to where we can go. So we, I was touring with the Marshall Tucker band, um, before the virus and obviously, and, um, you know, we, we don't know when that's going to start up again. So it, it's kind of nice to still be able to do the virtual stuff um, when it decides to work, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Technology is always <laughs> fun until it doesn't work, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, of course. It's always, oh, wait. always <laughs> But I, have, I, I love, I love the song Mama's Boys. It's just an amazing song, and it you really feel the love through the song. And as you said, it's not all lovey dovey and, and everything else. And also, you go into like changing the house because of toys and stuff like that. Um, but you can really just feel it. I mean, even from someone who's not a mother, I've got fur babies, yeah. but you know. Um, oh. You can yeah. really feel the love through the song. You can really feel, you know, um, the emotion, everything. I love it. I absolutely love that song. I played Thanks. it over it. You guys have been so wonderful and so supportive, uh, you know, since I released that song and with other things that I do. So I really, really appreciate everything that you do. And I'm glad that we get a chance to, you know, finally connect with each other. Um, it, it was also... Uh, you know, again, in, in the midst of like writing the song, my husband's in the army. So it, it's also, he travels a lot, of course, and I was traveling a lot with the music. So it's, it's always hard to like coordinate. There's a lot of scheduling and stuff involved, which, um, I think everybody kind of lost track of during, you know, the whole quarantine thing because it, you know, it, it became more loose. And I, and I kind of like that. I, I like, I like a little bit more loose and, and my husband's very regimented being that he's in the military. So um, it kind of was nice to have the freedom, like I said, to just kind of create. And I just created on my own because I, I didn't really have anybody to, uh, that was kind of like my goal. I wanted to write this EP by myself. I, I've written songs by myself and then, Sometimes I'm like, eh, some of the ones that I collaborate with are better. I just never really had, like, true confidence, even after doing this for 11 years, and, like, putting out a song that I wrote, not just the words, but the melody, too. So I guess I kind of had it in my mind that this is, this is what I'm going to do. That's, like, how I'm going to challenge myself during this time, because I have enough time to do that so can't procrastinate anymore let me try to really focus on 
doing it myself. And then normally we'll go to Nashville to do the production, but we we did the production here in New Jersey. And it it just all came out better than I expected. So it was kind of, like I said, it's kind of nice to not have the schedule and the regimentation and everything, just kind of like let things happen and, and just, um, I don't know, I guess, I guess it's just like a, you know, a lesson in life. And I try to be like that as a mother. Um, the only thing I didn't do, which when you brought up fur babies, I didn't include any of my fur babies in the song, and now I regret it because they, they deserve to be in the song too. So. <laughs> I love that. Maybe you can write a song. (laughs) (laughs) The fur baby song. Yeah. We have six pets in the house and and we adore them. So they really, they deserve their own song. Oh my God. Six six pets, two kids and a husband. They must be just like. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, it's chaos. It's absolutely. And and that part in the song where I said I had to clear out my booth for more toys, like that is a hundred percent true. My my boots are like I have like racks of shoes and boots here in my studio because there is not enough room upstairs for <laughs> my I, I, my stuff is between the attic and the basement. That's it. I've sacrificed all closet space for them. So <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna do it with, with the third. I don't I don't know. I, I guess you know what my friends like my family and my fans. We were all trying to guess if it's going to be a boy or a girl, but I guess in a sense it's good that it's not a girl because I would be, I, we would have to buy a whole new house if it was a girl. <laughs> yeah, at least having boys, you can pass everything down, all the toys and everything, so it's all just going to be. <laughs> exactly, exactly, absolutely, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> Perfect. So who are some of your uh, shiras that inspired you to do what you're doing today? Well, that's a good question. Um, I've, I grew up on music and like literally grew up on music. Um, What I mean by that is both my parents were musicians and my father was a a touring drummer uh, back in the day and he was touring with his own group, but he also performed with Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. So it was that, like, you know, genre of music that he was um, performing at the at the time, like the top 40 uh, swing jazz kind of music. A little bit of Motown, too. So I grew up on that, and my mom is a classical piano player. So, like, when people are like, "What? where the heck did country come from? But it really started because I had um, like a speech impediment as a child. So I really didn't start, in my mind I was talking, but obviously nobody could understand me. And I watched the videos and I'm like, what was I saying? So nobody could understand what I was trying to say, but obviously in my mind, I was saying exactly what I wanted to. And I think that's what music helped me uh, articulate words. I'm, I was learning like the lyrics to songs as a, as a toddler. And I'm not talking about like, you know, row, row, row your boat or Mary had a little lamb, like, like Whitney Houston songs, Mariah Carey. I was listening to that on my little Fisher Price record player. And I could, I could say the words to the lyrics, but then like, I couldn't talk, you know, like Mm. in a sentence. So in a, in a way, music kind of just 
help me with my speech. And eventually I had to go to speech when I was uh, like in elementary school, but it really helped me. And, um, and then later I just realized like that was what I wanted to do. Like it was just, I was always going to shows with my father and, and seeing, you know, what he was doing and, um, or behind the scenes type of stuff. And I just wanted to like, I wanted to be on stage. I just felt comfortable with it. And, um, so I, I would say my parents really inspired me because they just exposed me to it. You know what I mean? And then I think, who inspired me to kind of go into country music. It was a combination of um, the first time I heard Leanne Rhyme, Shania Twain, Garth Brooks. I think I was in about like middle school when I, when I learned about them and I was like, Oh my God, they're so talented. And, and my friends are like, Oh, that's country music. And I, you know, I don't like what, I don't know that. Like, we're in New Jersey, so there, there's not much country music. There's more now, but back in the day, there was not much. So, you know, we're home of Bon Jovi and Bruce Springsteen. So um, I just really fell in love with, like, the story that the lyrics told in a Garth Brooks song and, and Shania Twain, and of course, Leanne Rhymes, an amazing voice. So, like, that, I was kind of like, oh, wow, I like what they're doing. It's so different than Motown. It's so different than pop music and I really like what they're doing and it makes me feel something like that was I think a big part of it and then um uh when I and then fast forward many years I met my husband when he was obviously in the army and um I had gotten invited to sing the national anthem for one of his military events and uh so I'm singing the national anthem and and it's just one of my favorite things to songs to sing. And the one soldier after I sang came up to me and he, he was from Tennessee and he said, Oh man, you got, you got like a little twang in your voice when you sing. And I said, what you twang in my voice. I'm from Jersey. What you, there's no twang in my voice. What are you talking about? And he's like, no, no, let me tell you. He's like, you've got like a little country thing going on. And, and, you know, you should, uh, you should come out to Nashville. I know people, I know this, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure. What is New Jersey going to do in Nashville? What do you, I, I just kind of like shrugged it off. I was in college. So like I wanted to do music, but I was kind of content with like doing music education. So, um, I was like, yeah, sure. But then my husband got deployed, um, to Iraq and then I said you know what I got a lot of time on my hands maybe I should take him off up on the offer and so I started you know writing music and collaborating with his friend in Nashville and I just took a chance I went over there I went to Nashville we recorded uh, my first song 11 years ago which was A Soldier's Princess and and then that was it it got picked up on a local radio station in, in Tennessee because they're very pro military. And it was like, Oh wow. Okay. So maybe that was a good idea. All right. Okay. So, and that was it. That was, that was and now, you know, you know, I'm, I'm doing more music and I've been touring and, uh, 
you know, some, some good concerts and stuff. So it, it was a really, it's a, it's a huge combination. It wasn't unfortunately a short answer because it's like a combination of things that really got me to where I am. And, you know, now with bringing our, our third son into the world, I've been really blessed to continue to do it, you know? So even like, even like, what was it? Like our, cause my two sons are Irish twins. So I, I was, I was pregnant, had ba- had the baby and I'm pregnant like three months later. So I was performing all throughout the, the pregnancies. And my last performance was with Rodney Atkins and Jared Neiman. And they said I was eight and a half months. I, I, I gave myself like, I gave myself like four weeks off which my doctor was not happy with. And she said, Jared Neiman was looking at me and I was very, very much pregnant, but my guitar could like hide it a little bit, a very little. <laughs> so after we're taking pictures, he's like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, are you, you know, he was so kind and do you need to sit down? Do you need to, what, you know, like, you know, what can I do? And, and he's very pro army. So we were talking about military stuff. And it was just a really nice, I guess I've had such a really good experience being welcomed into the country community, being that I'm from the New Jersey, New York area, um, because like everybody's always warm and friendly. And um, I think that's what's nice about country music is, the you know, the community is a big part of it, too. So, um I want my sons, you know, to see, okay, this is what mommy does. And, um, you know, whether or not they do that, they go into the military, whatever they want to do when they grow up. But I want them to see that, you know, um, it, it doesn't have to like stop. It doesn't like, if this is your passion, you, you make it work. And it's, um, it's not easy. There's a lot of sacrifices you have to make, um, to be in the entertainment business. But, um, it's it's nice to know that you can grab your inspiration from different people and from different experiences. So, absolutely, and you make such a good point. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania originally, so yes, I spent okay. many summers in Jersey and, and New York and things like that. But yes, it is a total different when again the, the whole country music. Yes, it's very it's very rare and far between to find those friends that like it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean now it's different, but yeah. So yeah, now it, it is different now. Yes, but because where I where I grow where I grew up and I and I still live uh, in the same area within the same county, I'm literally like a half hour from New York City, and I'm like a half hour from the Jersey Shore. But I'm also like an hour from um, Pennsylvania, two hours from Delaware. So it's nice that like we're so centrally located, like you know to other states that we're linked to um, where country music is a little bit more prevalent and, and popular. But um, I mean, I only have, I think two, when you turn on the radio, we have like two country radio stations that you can get in, in my area, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I think that's as, probably as popular as it's ever going to be. And that's why we've been very blessed to travel and tour um, outside of the area 
You know what I mean? Because I think that that's probably really important to to do to gain fans and and to you know get you know more experience and stuff too. But um, but everyone, you know, when we when we've gone to, I remember when we were performing West Virginia, and it was it was country, and they were like. But like a different kind of like mountain country, it was different. And you know, they hear us talking about Jersey and stuff, and um, you know where we're from. And I have my song "Jersey Girl" that I always perform, and that everybody says it. Everybody says it because they automatically know that I'm Italian. So they all automatically okay. Her name is Nikki. She's Italian. She's from Jersey. She's got to be the girl from the Jersey Shore. That's got to be like Snooky or something. Like that's got to be. That's all they related to. And I'm like, oh, that damn show. <laughs> yeah. We well, used to spend so many summers down there before that show started. Uh, my sister-in-law lives there, so yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I, I love the Jersey Shore. That that's one of the reasons why I could never leave Jersey because I, I just I love the beach, but. But that's what you're like linked to. That's that's the you know the stigma that like oh come on you're not you know. But there's a lot of there's a lot of farmland in New Jersey. I didn't grow up on it, but there is a lot of farmland in Jersey. <laughs> you okay over there, Paul? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just listening. This is great. I love it. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a big, I'm a big talker. <laughs> That's you fine. It's great. Anytime. <laughs> it's not a problem at all. I love it. I love it. I love hearing the stories because obviously I don't know. I don't know Jersey that well at all. I've been to New York, but that's about as good as it gets. Oh, okay. We all right. Awesome. We didn't. We didn't go out of New York, and the only time. We we took a, a limo into New York, which was pretty cool. And then the cab drive home was actually to the airport was quite scary because you took us through some really dodgy areas. And we're sat in the back of the cab thinking, oh, "When they get home, one piece. When they get home, one piece." Oh, and you sure. see people walking around with little guns and, and and graffiti everywhere. And we're like, oh, my God, <laughs> "Lock the doors, lock the doors." You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I mean, what obviously, not saying it was a trip to yeah, JFK, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> JFK, it was like, where is he taking us, Jesus? <laughs> but, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. I mean, obviously, I did all the tourist attractions there, but we didn't really go outside of uh, New York much. So, uh, I mean, I've been yeah. all over the States, but obviously, certain places we just haven't been myself. So. You know, and there was some really, it's really cool because, like, so there's one of one of the most popular country radio stations is in New York City, 94.7. And it's amazing because you would think that in, since they're in New York City, you would think that it would be like a little bit bigger than what it is. We had so many cool venues in New York City, like between um, uh, Times Square was one of the most popular ones, Opry City Stage, and then uh, a couple of others that were like, like awesome, awesome, authentic country venues, and they all closed down they're all gone and it it, it was heartbreaking because we loved performing in the city and they were like one of the few venues where um there's certain venues in new york city where they say 
you know, they're, they're, you're limited to how many uh, people, you know, can attend because some of them are, you know, the capacity is a little bit smaller. The real estate is smaller. I mean, it was just, you had everyone from Carrie Underwood performing there and Luke Bryant, you know, to, to us who are local. And after nine months, they closed down and we were so upset about it. Um, and it was a big tourist attraction, but it just turned out that like anything in New York city is crazy expensive. So to, to take the building that they took and they renovated it to look like um, the, the Ryman in, in Tennessee, um, it's just, you know, and then you're paying $30 for a cheeseburger. It's like, that's, it's, a tough, it's a tough sell. So it, it kind of stinks that, like, now with, you know, the hope, hopefulness that, you know, things will, you know, be going back to normal, but, like, everywhere that we've been performing in New Jersey, outside of New Jersey, we're doing more upstate New York stuff because, I mean, New York City, there's nothing as far as country music is concerned, which is kind of sad because there was. It just didn't last very long. So, it, it you know, it's every, everything's changed, you know. It's, but I think that's what it comes down to, when, even when it just comes to the entertainment business and it comes to even just live music there, there were places that we played in illinois and they're not there anymore there were places that we played in maryland and they're not there anymore and they were all country concert venues and they you know got shut down or whatever so it kind of it's disheartening especially like as an artist but um like i said i'm I, i'm just I'm passionate about music in general, so I'm, I'm just going to keep going and, and stay hopeful that, you know, things will pick up again, you know, and, yeah. and try my best to help that movement in, in that case. So. I think that could be the future. I mean, there's a lot of places that just can't survive because of COVID and everything else. They've lost so much money that they just, they just you know, yeah. they've had to close down. I mean, Hopefully, obviously, once maybe 2021 comes around and things start to pick up and, you know, maybe they might start opening again. But, you know, it's going to be very um, tentative for a while, even next year probably, on what's going to reopen, you know, and you know, how yeah. things are going to survive and everything else. Um, it's yeah. uh, it's definitely a tough industry to be in at the moment. Um, so, yeah. You pinpointed the fact that country does have its venues like that and – in some areas, they are so far remote. Um, same with Florida. That's where I'm currently in. We have a couple small places that can hold a decent capacity, and we do get people, you know, that they're touring and stuff through here. But, right. I mean, unless you're in the big cities, again, these the one place is closed, and then they reopen to their new name, new management, everything else. But they've also had to diversify and do country and rock nights and, and oldies nights and to stay, yeah. you know, lucrative. And this is even before COVID, but... Yeah. Right. So right. I think this constant change is something that everyone in the industry has to change with and find that right. that level of, yeah. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, yeah, because there was a lot of that struggle like, before the virus. And, um, and I think there was a lot of artists that were, and there were quite a few friends of mine that are artists. And, and they, they admitted to it. They jumped on the country bandwagon 
because it was it was the time. Like, oh, you know, so they might have been more into rock music or pop music, but they jumped into the country scene because they saw that that's where everybody else was going. But now what happens? You know, just like anything else, it becomes too drawn out that, like, every place is trying to do it or every radio station is trying to do it, and now it's, like, it's overkill. So, like, I think that's where it kept going. It would get big, it would get small, and um, I think the ones that kind of stick with it because, you know, they're either authentic to it or um, not trying to go with the you know, what's hot in the moment type of thing. If you're, if you're truly passionate for that, um, those are the ones that kind of, you know, stick around and try to keep it going and stuff. Mm -hmm. But what's good is that country music is very welcoming to other genres. So it's nice that you can do like a country rock song and then you could do a country pop song or something like bluegrass. So like, that's what's kind of cool too, is that you can intermingle, you know, that stuff too. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's it's tough. <laughs> that's the it bottom tough. line. <laughs> it's just tough, and that's just, just, just. And then, of course, crazy women country. If you're a woman, it's tougher. So forget it. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. That was the point of us starting this. Is that two percent women oh, yes. airplay? We're like, okay, something else. Not just change the conversation. Something else has to happen. So that's really crazy. Crazy. I, I can't it even is. tell you how many. I, okay, so I'll tell you a quick, quick story. I was doing a show. It was with Cassidy Pope, the lovely Cassidy Pope, and it was only me and her. She was the headliner. I was the opening act. Awesome. We sold tickets. It was going to be an awesome, awesome show. Literally, two days before the show, they added not one, but two male acts to the show. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, obviously, I have no saying it because I, I was you know the direct opener but um it, it turned out that we had heard from um the venue it wasn't even her people it just it was the venue itself said we didn't want to do a full girl country night but they were selling tickets like crazy so they added not one but two uh you know male opening acts um to the show to to break up the female and I mean like I was I was so shocked and like kind of like damn it like that was a really cool and I was riding on it I was like that's the first show that I'm doing um you know where it's just me and a girl like every other show that I've done that I've been blessed to do has been all male acts and that's that's fine but like this was just a really cool like one-time thing and they had to throw the two guys and I, I was just like wow that's that's crazy, and that, and that and that was it. it. It was a great show, regardless. But um, yeah, I think a lot of there was a lot of feedback about that. People were like, "Whoa!" It was just Nikki Breyer and Cassidy Pope, and now all of a sudden, you, you know. But this was still this that I think was going back like um, maybe five years ago. So this was still at the beginning stage where it was controversial about, you know, men having more, which was obvious, more attention and more radio play than, than women. Um, and then finally my, my other opportunity came when I got the 
perform, this was two years ago, with Lindsay L. And it was only me and her, and it was amazing because she is, she's so kick-ass. She's amazing. So it was really cool that finally I got to do a show where it was just me and another girl. Um, but that's just one of, you know, few examples where, the industry jumped in and they're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, it's just too good. Like we're going to throw the two guys in there too. And I'm like, what? so it is weird. I think I don't as, a, as, a, as a fan, I'd be like, seriously, why? You'd be disappointed because you're expecting to see, you know, the, the two female acts and then they throw in these other two. And it's like, why? Why did you need to throw them in? It, it exactly. The, the question was, was why? And, and again, the ticket sales were, from my understanding and from my part, the ticket sales were great. Unless there were just things that I didn't know, but the feedback was that the venue was not all for it being just an all-girl show. And I have no idea why. I, I Like, you know, what explanation can they have for that? So it was really, it was really bizarre. But, um you know, as an opening act for, for, you know, a major act. You just keep your mouth shut and you just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> and you then, do your job and then talk, and talk about it five years later. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it always seems astounding. I mean, there's so many female acts out there who are just powerhouses, but you still have to have this bloke attached. It's like you look at the charts and you've got all these men and you've got the odd female dropped in because it's a duet. It's like, why do we have to have a man there? She could do this. You know what I mean? It's like, right. So frustrating. Right. Right. It, it, it's true. Just, yeah. Yeah. I, I think even for like, uh, for somebody like Cassidy Pope, because she was always pretty much of a, like a pop artist. And then when she was coming into the country scene, you know, people knew who she was and, and, uh, but I think she even got more notice, like notice, uh, when she did her duet with, uh, who was it? Chris Young, I think. Mm-hmm. So like linked up with, you know, a, a male and doing a duet, which was a great song, but it is interesting how like that dynamic will kind of boost it a little bit. And it's kind of like, yeah, why? But, you, you know, that's part of the game that you kind of have to learn and play, uh, you know, in the industry. But um, I've heard so many, and, and especially somebody like Lindsay L, talk about that. Like, you know, they're huge advocates about that and, and uh, you know, about, you know, women leading in country music. And they, and they have so many, uh, you know, sessions and concerts where they where they – promote obviously you know women doing it so um but yeah it's just uh it's a very very strange it's a very strange thing so i don't know <laughs> yeah. it, it is it is bizarre it really is it doesn't yeah. it doesn't make sense it really doesn't so we just gotta work harder 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 <laughs> you, you shouldn't have to the men don't work as hard and the women have to work twice as hard just to get half the notice of a bloke it's like really yeah, yeah, that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's, well, not, yeah it's, just, it's not just the music industry, too. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it could be, you know, something that goes, you know, all, all across the, the board. But, 
one of the songs that I had released uh, with my friends in Nashville was called Ain't Just for the Boys. And, like, you know, it was kind of um, not exactly a play on that, but it was kind of, there's some, and I always say there's so many songs about guys having a good time and going in their pickup trucks and picking up girls and all the guys get to have fun and they're hunting, they're fishing and they're doing all that. But where, where, how about the girls can do that stuff too and have a good time and all that. And I'll tell you the, the, the best thing that I, I ever did in the, you know, profession of music was when we bought our pickup trucks uh, probably about five years ago. And it, it was for me. And it was for my band for us, you know, to tour and stuff. And it's a, a big extended cab truck that we put the big cap in the back. So when we tour, we have all the stuff and the equipment in it. But uh, a fan um, put, they sent me like this, um, the sticker art to put all over the windows that says Nikki Breyer. So I was like, that for me was a big thing because like, first of all, I'm, I'm from New Jersey. So there's no need for me to have a big truck like that. I don't live on a farm. So, but it was like kind of um, like an independent type of thing. And like knowing that I'm going to rack up the miles on the truck and a lot of people see it and they automatically assume a guy drives it or my husband drives it. But I'm like, nope, that's mine. That says Nikki Breyer on it. I like to advertise that and show that like, you know, girls like to drive their trucks and do their things and, I wrote a song called Big Red Truck in honor of that truck. So why not? I love it. I love it. Yeah. You, you always know that the, the female songs are always sort of, you know, power ballads are always heartfelt and everything else. And then you've got, as you said, the men having fun. But then you have got Maddie and Tay. I mean, they've had some fantastic songs out, you oh, know, yeah. about hunting and fishing and, you know. <laughs> I think their first radio song hit it on the head to, to bash the guys and not and you know to say look we're tired you know mm. oh yeah girl in a country song that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the and best the video ever that's fantastic yeah yes, the video the is video. just <laughs> great, great it's just video. amazing yeah yeah <laughs> they are fantastic very, yeah, very very good point yeah. <laughs> i do love that that's yeah funny. that is great <laughs> Uh, that's so cool. Uh, <laughs> shall we get started with some quick fire questions? Sure, 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 sure. So, you're ready for this. This is a fun part. This is a fun part. So, early bird or night owl? Because <laughs> you <gasps> ever want to say hi. Oh, hey, oh puppy dog. Hello, mama. Oh, look at the bell. Oh, I'm tired, mama. I'm tired, mama. <laughs> Uh, I think I think uh, I think when I told you that I wrote my my song at three in the morning, it's obvious that I am. I've never been a morning person, and I think that once I um, once we started really going hardcore into performing, that was it. Like I was on a totally different schedule than the rest of the world, and I thought, like, how am I going to do this? when I become a mom, but it actually works out better because like I said, I get everything done and I don't go to bed until about three, four in the morning. That's just my body will not go to sleep until like three, four in the morning and the babies wake up between nine, nine 30. I'm the type of person that I could get like four hours of sleep and I'm good. 
I don't know if that's healthy. <laughs> it's probably not healthy, but I guess it, that's just how it works. And I don't know. I, music definitely screwed up my 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 sleeping schedule. <laughs> I love that. Um, beach and countryside. Beach or countryside? Sorry. Oh, beach. I knew that was coming. Um, favorite season? You know, that changed. Um, I actually just said it to my mom today that um, fall is now my favorite season. It's always been summer. but um, I And, again, maybe it's changed because of having kids. There, there's so many – I mean, there's so many fun things you can do in the summer, too, but after a while it's like, okay, how many times can you go to the beach? How many times can you, you know, go out for ice cream and all that? I, I like that fall comes with a huge theme. And the colors, and I love boots. So that's <laughs> perfect. Your biggest fear? Oh my god, my biggest fear. <laughs> wow. Um. Oh my gosh. Quick fire question. I'm trying questions. to think of a funny one because I have, I have, like, I don't know what it is. Okay. I, I have my biggest fear or one of my weird odd fears is that somebody is always watching me in my house at nighttime. I don't know what the heck, like, I don't know what it is. So, and, but this has been happening like ever since I was like back living with my parents and there's just some weird paranoia that I have that like at nighttime I walk past the window and I'm like, is there somebody out there? Is somebody watching me? If if I had to take the garbage out, which I was, I was taking the garbage out last night, and it's dark because it's dark by like six thirty now, and like I like run out there like as if I'm about to get murdered, and then like run back inside. I don't know what <laughs> the heck happened. I don't know what happened to me. That <laughs> like all of us, but like so weird about like windows and nighttime. I don't know. I couldn't think of anything funny, so it's just... <laughs> That's a great... Um, favorite holiday? Favorite holiday is Christmas. Yes, especially with children. It's like... Santa. Favorite drink? Oof. Well, when I found out I was my first pregnancy, we were in Nashville when I found out that I, that I was pregnant with my first son. And um, it was one of those things where I didn't know I was pregnant, so what was I doing? I was, I was drinking because you're in Nashville. That's what you do. And then, of course, I find out I am pregnant. So I always joke around and say Jack Daniels is, is you know, what, what got all this started and – uh, my band got me totally hooked on to uh, Jack Daniels. It's it's the Jack Daniels Red, so it's kind of got like that. It's kind of got like oh fire. It's it's a uh, Jack yeah. Daniels fire. Yeah. So it's like you know it's got that licorice or whatever. Yeah, kind it's, of it's got something else. I can't remember what it is now, but there's, I've got a bottle at home. It's amazing stuff. Amazing yeah. stuff. But yeah, it's got something else mixed in it in the bottle. Yeah, so that that's good. I, but I also do like um, Jack Daniels, um, the uh, the Honey Jack, because uh, 
when when I'm in between like singing and stuff, and a lot of people like to buy the band drinks or whatever, I, I always turn to that because the honey actually is you know good. It's good for your throat, so it's like yeah. It's <laughs> so why not? <laughs> it's my throat. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you're still being sociable. You still got the jack, and you're still looking after your voice. I mean, what walking yeah. around, basically. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. That's the best. Oh, oh look at the papa. Oh, it's so gorgeous. So it's, it's been almost. It's been almost five. I think next month is going to be five years Aww. since uh, oh. I rescued him. And I found out about him on Facebook. He was posted, like, a, a local shelter had posted about him. Uh, this is Jovi. And they posted a, a picture of a dog that had they picked up and was, like, on the brink of death. And they just said, please, you know, if anyone's got any information or if you can donate, we don't know if the dog is going to make it. He can't walk. He, he, his temperature was, like, terribly low they they were very surprised that that he uh survived and i reached out to the shelter and i said look uh i've never done this before but if you guys um can't find the owner which in the state that he was in his owner didn't care um i said if the owner if nobody comes to claim him like i want him so i had to wait two months for him to get rehabilitated and i visited him uh, at the hospital so that we could bond and stuff. And I fell in love with him on Facebook. So that, that's when people say like, oh, Facebook and, you know, social media. And I say, well, I, f- I fell this, I fell in love with Jovi on Facebook. So <laughs> there's one good thing, to, there's one good thing about it. Definitely. Cause we, yeah, uh, oh. there, uh, in Miami, there's a kill shelter. And as soon as we see a dog on there, we start sharing it within groups of, around and stuff and just keep sharing it until someone goes and adopts it or we find a rescue that will take it in temporarily until they can rehome it and something. So. And, and that, that's a huge help. That's a huge help. The way that social media um, and, and the, like you said, the shelter group connect with each other. You watch people's comments and like they are getting it done so much quicker than it's like you think like, how did they do it before? So it really, you're, yeah. you're totally right that they're getting the animals out of the kill shelters a lot quicker because of social media. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally right about that. Yeah. So if you were a musical, what musical would you be? Oh, that was a musical. Um. Well, you know, gosh. Um. I could go in so many so many directions, but I'm I'm gonna say Jeez. That's a good question. Wow. Um I guess the reason why like cabaret like the cabaret kinda comes to my mind because when I was kind of isolated by my peers in high school and middle school because I was into country music and into doing talent shows and stuff like that. I then moved into musical theater 
and I went to a musical theater high school, and that's when, like, I I knew, like, there was a part of me that wanted to do that lifestyle, um, and I did audition and stuff for, like, musical theater stuff in the city, but um, there was a part of me that knew I was only doing it to build up my self-esteem, and, and build up my training in, in just music in general and dancing and all that stuff. So we did cabaret. We did different types of, you know, cabaret nights and stuff like that. So I guess in that sense, you know, it, it kind of relates to that. Just, just because I used my musical theater experience and the friends that I had met through there that, you know, they were all artsy in their own way, and they also had felt isolated from their peers from their regular schools, too, you know, because it was like, we're the weird ones that want to, you know, just do music or, you know, do poetry or uh, dance or whatever. Like, like you know, it, it's I don't think it's as embraced as it is today as it was, um, you know, when I was younger and probably even before that too. So um, I just say again, like cabaret, because it, it, it was a mishmash of everything. I loved country music, but it was a secret. And then I was doing musical theater and modeling, but I was playing guitar and drums. It was a little bit of everything all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, if you could be a film genre, what would you be? Uh, that's a good one. A comedy. I would. I would be a comedy, and I'm not saying because I don't think I'm funny. I I like comedies um, myself. So when I'm like literally not doing anything with music, I am only doing anything or watching anything related to comedy. So like when I work out at the gym, or when I put the babies to bed, the first and only thing that I watch is either Sebastian Maniscalco or Kevin Hart or Jim Gaffigan or, like, you know, some comedy, Saturday Night Live, whatever. I I just – something about it is, like, therapeutic for me. And I know that when I go to the gym and I got the earpiece on and everybody's, you know, they're working out, they're pumped up, and you can hear their music. And I'm, like, the only idiot that's, like, laughing – and it's like, what are you laughing? Oh, I'm watching. I would watch like a whole hour of Kevin Hart comedy stand up while I'm working out. And my husband would be like, when are you going to be home? And I'm like, when, when I'm done watching Kevin Hart special, it's about an hour and a half or so when I'm done. That was, that's like for me, comedy is like therapeutic, you know, because it's just, you want to laugh. And I admire comedians so much. Uh, for everything that they do and I can't I can't I can't remember a joke for my life so I, I think comedians are pretty awesome mm. I, I love Kevin Hart in Jumanji have you seen the film Hi. that is hilarious that is one of the I mean both films are absolutely hilarious they are just so funny I've never laughed so much through those films but Great, like, right. Him and Jack Black have like really cool, you know, they're 
hilarious. Yeah, Jack Black is hilarious as well. <laughs> and of course, then um, you've got the Rocky there as well, which is just... <laughs> yeah, they're just oh, yeah. fantastic. Oh, of course, The Rock, yeah. But they, yeah, they, have, they have really cool chemistry, and it's just yeah. like that, that kind of comedy really gets to me. Like, I last night I was watching a whole thing of Sebastian Maniscalco. Like, I just... That's it. I don't know. So my life would be a comedy, but... Not necessarily me being funny. This leads into what Disney character would you be if you were a Disney character? Well, hmm. I'm just going to go with Cinderella because my maiden name is Signorella. So everybody would say Cinderella, Cinderella. And so I'll, I'll go with Cinderella. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. It's cute. <laughs> that is very cute, yeah. <laughs> if you could be a mythical creature, what creature would you be? Mythical creature. Uh, I want to be a unicorn. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but like with wings. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. Be a yeah, totally. I love that. I love that. <laughs> we'll just mash a few animals together. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, and if you had a superpower, what superpower would you want, and why? Well, if I had a superpower, hmm. um. Well, if I had a superpower, I would love to be able to, if this makes any sense, I, I, I would love to, I, I just feel like time goes too quick. And I, I would love if there was a way or a superpower to just like find a way to like freeze time, just like enjoy a moment a little bit longer or like, you know, if you know something ahead that lies ahead that, that's not going to be good, you know, it's just kind of like that anticipation. Like, if you could just freeze time for a little bit and enjoy something a little bit longer because uh, it, I, 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 just, I just think that time goes by way too quick. And, and that's probably because, you know, life is just busy, 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 and, and you know, you're constantly going in motions and stuff, uh, especially – in the New York, New Jersey area, Jesus, like if you ever drove in this area, it's like you can't get somewhere fast enough. So I really would love for there to be a way to just like, oh, you just slow down or, you know, if that could ever be a superpower, I I would love to be able to stop time for a little bit. (laughs) That sounds amazing. That's definitely a good one. That is a good one. I like that. And that's a different one. Nobody has said they wanted to stop time, so at least we've had some different. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now this is the most important question. Most important question. Okay. Who is your favorite Crazy Woman Country host? Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. So the one one in Spain or the one in Florida? Like, really? <laughs> I love it. Oh I love it. You're, you're in two of my favorite places anyway. I mean, I love Florida and Spain is beautiful. So, I mean, geez, you guys are 
You guys are equal, <laughs> equal in the love. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I just noticed when your dog looks in the camera, he looks like he's smiling because you can see his yes. front teeth. Look, yep. see? Uh, <laughs> yep. He looked to the camera yep. earlier and I thought, he's smiling, he's like, his little front teeth are the shame. Yeah, exactly, yeah, he's got the teeth that stick right out, yeah. Yeah, you should it's do so it. It's so cute. He, he's going to the groomer tomorrow, you're going to go to the groomer tomorrow, yeah, you're going to get a baby. <gasps> <Yeah. Aww. laughs> he's so cute, he's just adorable, look at him. Oh. See that, he's smiling, he's like, He's <laughs> my own little shadow. It's, you know, and that's like what's amazing too. Like, you know, kind of like what you were saying about um, how amazing like social media is and, and networking, especially for helping animals. How how else how else are animals able to communicate that they need help? And I think it's been so wonderful. Um, he is, and you hear those stories like you know where an animal was rescued and, and they just are forever like, you know, grateful. Like they know, they yeah, know yeah. we came from a bad situation. They know, you know, what the deal is and, and how they were rescued. But I mean, having them in your life, I, it, it's just life changing. So I think, and our five cats are rescues too. And I, I, I said this to my husband the other day, I knew that when we had kids, because we had been married for eight years before we had kids, and I had always said to him, uh, I said, I want my kids to grow up with animals, because I think that really builds every child's character just the same way with, you know, growing up with music. It has nothing to do with them becoming a musician, whatever. It's just, I think, music, I think animals. Uh, I think it really ties into their character. It teaches them how to be gentle. It teaches them to how to care for something other than themselves. So um, I, I could not be happier with how our two and our three-year-old treat them. And and then it, and then you know it, it 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 saddens me when you hear you know that other kids are not exposed to it. So therefore. They don't know how to act around them or maybe they're too rough with them or whatever. So I, I just think it's, uh, I think it's an amazing relationship that you build up, you know, with animals. And I'll, I'll basically, I want to, I want to own a farm. I'm ready for a farm. <laughs> See, the country, the country girl has coming out. The country girl yeah. has coming out. Yeah. I'm ready for a farm, but all the animals are going to be mine, and that's it. And nobody else's. They all belong to me. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. No, nothing will go to market. It all will just live until it dies, and that would be it. That's it. They're all mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at him. He's so gorgeous. Yes, you are. He's gorgeous. He's amazing. He's just adorable. He really is. Thank you. <laughs> we should just do a show with the dog. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He needs he needs his own uh he needs his own song and everything. Our so our cat, we, we just rescued a cat um uh just just about a year ago I was driving home from a show and it's one of those things where it's like 
you have a feeling that something's going to happen, but you just don't know if it's really going to happen. And I knew 3 o'clock in the morning, driving home from my show, something inside me said, there's going to be an animal. I don't know what it's going to be, but there's going to be an animal that jumps right in front of the truck. And sure enough, it was a kitten. It was a four-week-old kitten that jumped right in front of my truck. Thank God it was 3 in the morning, so nobody was anywhere in sight. And I just jumped right out and I grabbed him and he's been ours ever since. But like, it's just mm. so weird how like, I just knew something, you know, like when it's just really, really quiet and dark, it's kind of like, you know, a deer is going to come out, you know, some, you know, something's yeah. going to come out. It was a cat. Oh. <laughs> well, he jumped out in front of the right truck because yeah. obviously now he's got an amazing home. So. God. That's exactly what I said. I said, well, thank God. And now he has his own Instagram page, Brody. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love, I love, I love that when, and when they have animals, uh, you know, have their own social media. Oh, I did really the six dogs because it was too much to do them individually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Can you imagine trying to keep up with every page? Oh my God, you just been that way. I can barely keep up with my own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. That is so funny. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, that's just amazing. Oh, look at him. Nothing. Oh. You can come over to me. Come and see me in Spain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you want to take a trip to Spain? Do you want to take a trip? Yeah. Loads and loads of area to run around and do crazy stuff in. Oh, yeah. Really oh, <laughs> <laughs> He's just gorgeous. He really is. He really is. That's another mommy's boy right here. Oh, another yeah. mama's boy. Another mama's boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best he's the best well there you go <laughs> so this has been fun it's been really really nice to finally meet you um, it's been oh, absolutely amazing um, we do keep I, I must admit I keep an eye every time you post anything I'm there so uh, yeah it's uh, it's been really really good so. yeah yeah you, you guys are wonderful with that I really really appreciate it and uh, again, sorry about, I think the first time we scheduled, I, I was, got sick or something, right? Wasn't it? I think I yeah. messaged you. Yeah. Little one was playing up. That's why I, I was certain that this was going to be a girl because I felt so sick in the beginning of the pregnancy and it was so different. I was like, it's a girl. It's a girl. I feel so sick. She's killing me. She's going to ruin my life. This is it. <laughs> It's just another boy. It's going to be, you can imagine, you're going to have three boys running around. It's going to be um, really interesting. It really is. It really is. So when when is this little one due? He's due March 20th. March 20th. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see if he he comes on time or if he comes a little early. But, yeah, we we got about five months to go, so... Five months, wow. <laughs> that will fly by because you've got Christmas, you've got Halloween, you've got everything in the middle of it all. So, 
before you know yeah. it, it'll be a march and it'd be like and we're, we're performing we're performing i i made my last show is like the first week of february so oh, and so I, I could give myself a couple of like weeks to just kind of hang out and stuff but um but we're we're booked all the way up until then so I think that's why also time goes by so quick because, you know, just like with you, you're scheduling things with, yeah. you know, interviews and stuff. So, like, you're always anticipating what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next week. Yeah. So it's all that pre-planning that makes time go by a lot quicker because you're constantly living the future. Yeah. 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 It's like you get to the weekend and it's kind of, who have we got next week? Let's get these sorted out, get these sorted out. You get through the interviews and you're back to doing that all again. So it's like... <laughs> You know, that, yeah. just disappear. Exactly. So, That's what I mean. If I had that power, we could just kind of hit pause and be like, okay. Let's take a break. Right. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think that's what we need. Okay, we need can you, follow, days, can you but, slow down a little? Yeah. Yes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Chill out. Have more time to do things. Seriously. 24 <laughs> hours a day is just not enough hours. It really isn't. Totally. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. Time disappears. Time disappears. But thanks, guys. It's so awesome to see you and talk with you. And uh, sorry about the technical difficulties before. Oh, no worries. No worries. We've all had technical difficulties. We've all been there. We've all done it. There's one interview I kept fading out, and I'm like, okay, hopefully it went well. Yeah, it was just me and the other person talking, and Tom was like, yeah, this is going to get that game. So, yeah. You never know what's going to happen. You never know. It's quite funny. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I look forward to sharing it with everybody, too. No worries. No worries. Well, that's what we're here for. We're here to help, you know, women get more notice and, you know, hopefully it works. Hopefully it works. 